0: Hello folks and welcome to episode 3 of the Boy November podcast and thank you so much again to all the people who have given me feedback so far far in in person and over the internet and thank you to all who have liked the Boy November Facebook Mm -hmm. page as well. So I, I just got that up and running there yesterday so... Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic just to hear a little bit of feedback and that people are actually in, enjoying uh, my musings and um, that's that's really nice. So so yeah, this is the 29th of December 2018 and it's that in-between time of year, in between Christmas and New Year and you don't really know what day it is or whether you're coming or going or and what you're going to be doing today. So, I'm back at home here in Creaseland, County Donegal. And, yeah, the theme of this week's podcast is actually home. And what does home mean? Yeah, so this, this time of year it is, you know, I think it's a topic on on, on most people's minds, either consciously or unconsciously, about what home is. Uh, particularly at Christmas time where we're thinking about home and maybe where we grew up and where we are now. And uh, it's a time full of emotion, really. Um, yeah, so I suppose my idea of home has, has changed a lot, particularly over the last five years. So uh, five years ago, almost, almost to the day, at the start of January, um my marriage finished and within three weeks of that then my, my mother died. Um three weeks later sorry, three years after that then my, my father passed away. So lots of things changed. Obviously my relationship with my two boys has adjusted over those five years as well. So the idea of home really for me really had to readjust quite rapidly, really, in order for me to survive. Um, I suppose there's some research to suggest that the two most traumatic life events that you can experience are the death of someone very close to you and divorce or separation. So, yeah, so life over the last five years has been quite traumatic, I suppose, for myself. And I suppose just to kind of think back over that, I'm going to use a template devised by a Swiss-American psychiatrist called Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And she developed a stages of grief template. There are five stages of grief, uh, according to Kubler-Ross. They are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. Yeah, so Kubler-Ross really applied all of her professional life to this, to this field. And she died in 2004. Um, and she, and she really was crucial in the development of the science of thanatology, T-H-A-N-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y, thanatology, which is the scientific study of death and dying. From a physical perspective, but also from Kubler Ross's perspective, uh, a psych from a psychological perspective. So, this five stage grieving process, uh, not only can be applied to to dying or death, but can also be applied to any form of grief. So, uh, you might want to check out uh, a YouTube video, and it's a little clip. From The Simpsons, where Homer has incorrectly been diagnosed with some sort of terminal disease, and Doctor Hibbert is has has just told him the news, and and uh, is going through the five stage process with with uh, Homer and Marge's at his side, and um, it's actually it's really funny. It's just a fifteen second clip, but just to say that Doctor Hibbert is is very impressed with the rapid progress Mm. that Homer makes through the five stage grieving process. Now, interestingly enough, um, The Simpsons replaced depression with, with fear as one of the stages. And I think that's okay because depression can be very much linked to fear. If we're fearing something all the time, I think we sometimes can get very depressed as well. So the Kubler Ross stages of grief also are not necessarily necessarily linear, i.e., you know, you don't go through each stage one by one in very distinct um stages. You can experience each of the five stages in a more of a, a cyclical and overlapping fashion, and often very much intertwined. But she does provide an excellent template for understanding what the human goes through in any process of grief. So first of all, you have denial. And for me, in terms of the last five years, I certainly was in denial, maybe for the first year, maybe a year and a half. I think it was probably in in a state of shock uh, when my marriage finished. I didn't even tell most of my work colleagues for possibly over a year Um. And that was intertwined, really, with with anger. Yeah, I was I was quite anger angry, I suppose. Yeah, with my ex wife, but also, I suppose after my mother died, I, lots of different feelings um, emerged and and in, uh, in relation to her, and certainly anger anger was one of them, and uh, they have dissipated now over over the years. But um, certainly at the time, um, there there was lots of of confused. Feelings of anger in relation to my mother. Um, depression, yep, certainly. Um, depression happens, I suppose, when your, your physical circumstances don't mirror what's in your head. So I'll give you an example. For example, <coughs> excuse me. I was, I remember in that, in that first year in particular, walking past houses, it must have been around of October, October, November time when it was getting into the dark evenings and, and walking past houses in the town and seeing the lights on and, and a f- cozy fire and, and there was people in the houses and the curtains were obviously open and I was just glimpsing in and, and thinking, oh, I'm going back home here now to to an empty house really. And yeah, I was feeling, I was feeling very lonely. So um Yeah. That that that's the sort of things that that was going on in my head, and and yeah, that's the sort of things that obviously make you depressed when your physical circumstances just don't match what's going on in your head. Then there's bargaining. I'm not so sure if I was bargaining so much. Um, I think the bargaining maybe is is more associated with uh, someone who's who's going through a um, um, the stages of terminal illness. Um and then finally acceptance so, and I would say I've only reached that maybe maybe over the last two and a half to three years um and at this stage, <laughs> it's funny, looking back over the five years, I'm actually very grateful for my ex-wife um for being actually strong enough to make the decision to to finish the relationship to bring that to, to an end because that wasn't an easy decision, and she was actually brave enough to do that. It's probably something I wouldn't have done myself because really I had a very traditional notion of what marriage was and hence what home was as well. Uh, and suppose for me marriage is or well was for life. So you buy a house, we had a, a lovely house here in Donegal. Um, where my boys still live with their mum and it had beautiful views of the estuary flowing out into into Sheephaven Bay and out into the Atlantic Ocean and the Muckish Mountain to one side and other beautiful mountains and landscapes around it. Um and you had your kids there and well, I still do have my kids obviously. Um Though, so, yeah, so that was my idea of what marriage and what home was. So I wasn't really gonna change that or I was really I suppose too fearful to, to change that but circumstances changed that. Um decisions were made that I, I didn't I didn't want to uh have to make. So but they happened and and now I'm actually I suppose, quite, quite grateful because I just know it wasn't working. So, yeah, so I had to to change my notion of what, what home was. So, so home wasn't, I really couldn't possibly then be that house with the wife and the, the children because that wasn't my situation anymore. So my sense of home was rocked. There was an incongruence or what's also termed as a cognitive dissonance and that's when your belief doesn't match your reality or I suppose when you can't have something that you think you want or you think you need and also then there's a loss of control and a loss of power over your life or at least you certainly feel or I felt a loss of control or a loss of power and a lack of choice as well. So, so what do you do when you're in that situation? And and I suppose what, what did I do? So I either had the choice to try and get back the thing that I had lost. And I suppose I could have spent my, my whole life chasing that, that goal, which I suppose really was never going to happen. Or you change your mindset. So that's what I decided to do. Well, uh, that's what I was suppose was forced to do in order to survive. But changing your mindset is not easy. And changing your mindset really, I suppose, is, is really the whole process of healing. And I suppose how I went about that was through some professional counselling, but also mainly a lot of talking to different friends, friends that I had known for years and friends that just came into my life a lot more recently and went out again as well, but nonetheless had, you know, quite a a big impact on on that change of mindset for me. And I suppose I eventually realized that you can't work out these things on your own. You need you know, whatever's going on in your head when you're going through a process of healing, you really need to ask for help or you need to take help when it is offered to you. And that help really can just be someone listening to you going on and on um, about whatever is going on in your head. And that process, that process of healing uh, helps you get things straight both in your head and in yourself, in your heart. Um it's it's really, really crucial in any process of healing. So anyway, um yeah one friend um gave me this little gift and it's just a little wooden plaque with a little bit of rope around it and it just says home on on the plaque. And I got that just as I moved not long after I moved into my current house. So I'd say for about 18 months after my marriage ended, I think I was in five different houses, apartments and houses. And um, and eventually I, I found this place here back in Creuselan. I've been here for about three and a half years now. And yeah, my friend just gave me this little sign which said home and I have it up on the handle of the kitchen window now and it's there all the time when I do the dishes or out in the kitchen. Um yeah it's just a real strong reminder to me that you really do just make your home where wherever wherever you are really And that home isn't just necessarily a physical place, but it's also the most important thing is to be at home in yourself, to be at home in your own head and to be at home in your own heart. Now, there are certainly times where I still get lonely, um, but I also, I suppose, try to appreciate what I have every single day. So I try to appreciate I suppose, the tranquility and the quiet of this place. I suppose it's interesting looking back on my childhood. Um, you know, we lived in quite a small house of seven children and my mother and father. It was always, I suppose, quite a chaotic and noisy house and you had very, very little space to yourself. and And there was, I suppose, some mental health issues thrown in there. So, yeah, I suppose was a little bit chaotic at times. And I suppose I suppose in a way that's that's why I appreciate the quiet and space and and time to myself now as well. But yeah, yeah, that's another episode I suppose, that family of origin home. Uh, which I'll maybe come back to in in a subsequent episode. But yeah. So home is that that place in your head, home is is physically your your house wherever you are. And it's also about community and, and community is another episode I, I will come back to as well. But yeah, I've just been up in, in at at home, I still call it home burn in County Down. And I was up there for a few days over Christmas and I suppose at this stage I really love going back there now. I love just walking down the streets and and people walking past who know you and they they say hello and and you say hello to them and um, you know there's a real sense I suppose I, I feel a real sense of, of history and roots as well when I'm back up at in home in, in, in Bern. But you have to learn to take that with you I suppose. So I was just watching the football uh, the Premier League over the last few weeks and thinking about this here as well something came up Um, I had an observation there yesterday about Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer who's the, the new United manager, caretaker manager and it's interesting I think it was a great move on behalf of United because it's interesting even what he wears he, he's wearing this, the club blazer and the the club tie as well, and it's, it's just shown really that he's he's almost like a son of the club. He's, you know, obviously a former player he has been there for a long time, and he's, got, he's someone that has history and roots with Manchester United, and I think, I suppose, that's a really clever move because the previous incumbent, I suppose... He was a bit of a mercenary, and I think people started to get a little bit annoyed of that. Get a lot annoyed about that. They, they started to turn off, started to turn away from from, from United, and uh, it's interesting that Mourinho, even though he's he won two trophies with United during the time that he was there, and he was around about the same length of time there as, as Klopp has been at Liverpool and Klopp hasn't won anything yet um, but Klopp well he obviously plays encourages his team to play a very attractive brand of football but he's also such a warm welcoming character as well so that's that's just an interesting wee aside there that Solskjaer provides a little bit of history you know, and, and roots and roots for United. And I think that's, that's important. I think that's important as well when it comes to home, obviously as well to, to have your roots and to have your history as well, but that you can also take your roots and your history with you wherever you go. Uh, I suppose you just want to finish with a reference to a song and uh, it's a song which you can play yourself. I'm not going to play it for you, but I suppose most famously sung by Paul Young back in the 1980s and it's called Wherever I Lay My Hat. So I was looking into this song and it was actually written by Marvin Gaye way back in 1962. So you can uh, listen to a version of of Marvin Gaye's uh, Wherever I Lay My Hat uh, on YouTube. But it's really so true. Interesting, yeah, 1962, that's the year my mother and father got married as well, which is kind of interesting. A little bit of a connection there. So, But it really is so true, <laughs> and it's really just the pinnacle of corniness, and I can't really actually believe I'm finishing on this, but yeah, I know I can take my little home sign with me wherever I go. I can just take it off the handle on... The, the kitchen window and uh, I, I can take it with me if I do leave this house or, or, or wherever I go and yeah it's I was just looking at my car as well <laughs> I was looking at the odometer and I think I've done about 60,000 mi- 60,000 kilometres in the last year um, yeah I do like to to keep myself on the road and it's funny sometimes I feel also most at home when I'm out on the road whenever I'm I'm traveling as well and sometimes I just keep my clothes in my bag as well I don't bother putting them into drawers I just have my bag my hold all and I like to just keep my clothes in there and uh, and take that with me I suppose wherever I go wherever I'm I'm traveling but yeah but that's that's okay, because in the line of Marvin Gaye, I I'm the type of guy who's always on the roam. Yeah, yeah, that is a really corny line to to finish off, but but that's okay because you do you do you can take your sense of home with you wherever you go, and that's just where I am going to leave it there, folks. I hope you've enjoyed listening to what my sense of home, what home means to me. And uh, don't forget to download the Podbean app and to like the Boy November page on Facebook. And thank you for all your feedback so far. So when you do download the Podbean app, it would be great if you could Follow me by November as well, and even just write a little comment up on the Podbean app as well. Uh, would be really good. So, thank you very much, guys. Um, I've really enjoyed this again, and I will chat to you again next week. Enjoy the rest of your Christmas, and a Happy New Year to you all.